Welcome to Extreme Movie Reviews. My name is Steve, and today we're just going to do a loose, um, I don't know what I'm going to call it, a grab bag, pick five of uh, horror movies. Because it is the month of October, this is obviously going to be horror-focused. I will say the movie selection isn't necessarily exactly Halloween-focused horror movies, but they are movies that I've watched this month for the first time ever. And because of the fact that it is the Halloween season and wanted to, to watch a couple of horror movies and bring a new, uh, you know, some new options potentially to my horror selection that I might like. And so I'm going to rank these five movies for you in uh, not no particular order, but I will say it's they're all quite different. So it really depends what you're in the mood for. The movies that I have watched are Hellraiser 2022. Day of the Dead from 1985, No One Will Save You, that is a newer 2023 movie, Slaughterhouse, a 2023 movie. Both of those I know are on Hulu. Honestly, they may have all been on Hulu. And then the last one is uh, Skin of a Rink from 2022, so also a fairly new uh, horror movie. And that's where we're going to start off is Skin of a Rink, and that's skin, it's spelt like it sounds. And the movie is about two kids who wake up in the middle of the night to find that their parents are missing and all the exits, windows, um, you know, external windows and doors have all vanished. And this is a low-budget, experimental, atmospheric horror film. The reason that I have this movie up in my number one spot is because it is the most memorable out of all of the options. I don't know that it's necessarily the best. I don't think it's the best for several reasons. And it's not my number one recommendation either. But while watching this film, if you can get yourself to put yourself in the shoes of uh, your four to six year old self, just being a young child, I think that that really helps to amp up the terror that this movie can provide. Now, for several reasons, I did struggle to quite get into that full mindset while watching this movie. And that's uh, largely comes from the fact that it can be a bit boring. It can be a little bit directionless. It's tough to see or tell what is going on for a lot of the movie. There's a lot of shots of essentially nothing. But on the other hand, I think that the movie is very interesting. And it can be hypnotic and hypnotizing many times throughout the film and unfortunately because of the fact that it's also kind of boring that hypnotizing effect can also just probably put some people to sleep it's been the longest since i've watched skin of a rink this was at either at the end of last month or at the beginning of october uh, one note that i had on it was this, this heavy grain filter and initially when the movie started and it had that on there um, you know, like a lot of times movie creators will put that on a movie nowadays in order to make it look like it was, it's from the nineties or something, just make it look like it's shot on film and not a, a digitally shot movie. And I was like, oh my God, they tried way too hard. I did not like it. It's a very, very heavy grain filter and thick and it, it becomes apparent in not too long a time that this is clearly obvious how heavy like uh, on purpose how heavily they they did this grain filter like this and what i liked about it the most was it allowed them to do some 
I believe in camera tricks. I don't think they were CGI where maybe they were, I don't know, but either way, it really gave them this freedom to make things, make people disappear while you're still staring at them. You can be staring at them the entirety of the time and 15 seconds will go by after you think maybe they disappeared or maybe you're still seeing them there. For a 15 second span, you can't tell. Are they still there? Have they disappeared? What's what's there? What's not there anymore? And then eventually it's like, oh, okay, it's gone. And there are a lot of long shots where you're just looking at the same thing for a very long period of time where that occurs. And that I thought was cool. It, it's the best disappearing effect that I have ever seen in any movie. The most mind messing with kind of effect. And they couldn't have done it, I'm sure, without that heavy, heavy filter. So I really like that about the movie. The biggest issue for me with this movie comes down to, is the juice worth the squeeze? Because it is uh, an hour and 40 minutes is the runtime. And I felt like I was just kind of let down by the end of the movie. It didn't really have any kind of big impact on me. Had this movie been about 20 minutes to a half hour shorter, think that that juice that they gave me still might have been worth the squeeze at that point all in all for most people this movie is probably a one out of five stars that's what i'm going to be the scale i'm going on and for some people who are very experimental um get the movie maybe get themselves into the shoes of a, a very young child whose parents have disappeared and um strange things are happening around them scary strange things it, it's legitimately terrifying when you think of what happens in this movie. And if you can get yourself in that mindset, I think that goes a long ways. But once again, a lot of things working against the movie for most general audiences. If you are an experimental film watcher, I think give it a try at the very least. I give it a three out of five stars. I fall somewhere in between because it did keep my interest. It held it for the entirety of the movie. I, I mildly liked the movie. I don't know who I could recommend this to though. So that's going to bring us on to my second ranked movie. Number two here, No One Will Save You 2023. And this is a home invasion sci-fi slash thriller that lives on the edge of the horror genre. It has very little dialogue throughout the entirety of the movie. No One Will Save You is far from a slasher as it leans more into the psychological realm of storytelling than it does into the jump scares portion of storytelling or you know, scary movies. If you're in the mood for something that has a quote unquote more than your standard popcorn horror flick, give this movie a shot. Like I said, this is on Hulu and it's not quite a popcorn horror flick as neither was Skin of a Rink. This is an alien abduction, abduction movie, specifically the word abduction, um, not the word alien are types of movies that I don't necessarily think tickle my fancy don't make me want to end up watching that movie, but something that I heard about this movie and the advertising for it led me to give it a shot, and I'm glad that I did. I decided to put it on while I was working because I did not give it too much. Like, I didn't think I would like it very much. So I was able to loosely watch the movie while I just worked at a slower pace, and I found myself working at an even slower pace than I expected to be working at because, like I said, it was better than I expected. I wasn't able to catch everything that was going on in the movie as I was working, so I missed out on a thing here or there, but of what I did catch, I thought that it was very interesting 
and unique movie. I don't know that it's necessarily scary, nor will everyone appreciate the final act of the movie. And that kind of came out of nowhere for me, but I, I was able to follow along enough. I don't know, based on reviews, if I missed something, or maybe I didn't really miss anything for that final act. But it should be a good ride overall, I think, for most audiences. And it's definitely worth a watch. And I'd say at the top of my list here, movies that I would recommend tossing on if you're looking to put something on that's a little bit creepy here during Halloween season. I give it four out of five stars. And I think I'm, I'm being pretty loose with my stars here. It's really got to be a not good movie to get into the ones and the twos. Like I said, Skin and Marink for most audiences, probably a one. And um, that, that takes a, a specific person and I'm the rare, rare person that kind of falls right in the middle on that movie. So that brings us up to the number three option here, Day of the Dead, a 1985 movie from George A. Romero, the director. And it's a, it's, he was a very successful longtime horror director. You've probably heard of this movie. And Tom Savini, who if you listen to my stuff, you've definitely heard me talk about Tom before for some of my other horror movies. He did all the practical effect work on the zombies in this movie. And first off, it is an older movie, so some of the makeup effects are old school and, you know, obviously makeup, like the green coloring of the zombie's skin. It's like, oh, that's makeup. It has a different look to it than just, like, CGIing somebody into some green weird skin. But all in all, Tom Savini absolutely knocked out the effects in this movie. There are a lot of really great moments where he got to show off, including the very first zombie, I think it is at least, of this movie that you see. Uh, it's just like missing straight up half of its jaw and it's very well done. And I think I know how they did it, but if you're looking at it and you're thinking like they, it's all practically done, how the heck did they do that? How do you just make half of a jaw? Nowadays, you could just paint that out in post. Um, you got to do a lot more work to it back then and it looks awesome. I think they did a couple of tricks to make it so it could make it even look... Basically, it's like set with the sun behind it, so you really can't see much except for the very obviously missing jaw. It's cool looking. Secondly, uh, for Day of the Dead, I've held off on watching some of these classic zombie movies because I've never been much of a zombie fan, especially when it comes to like the old school movies, uh, zombies that move at a slow pace, like the pace of a sloth. Like, What's scary about that? Not much. That said... This movie had a lot more going on with the inter-character drama than I had anticipated. I thought it was a really good movie, and to me, it is the most perfect fit if you want to watch a horror movie because of the fact that it's Halloween. It has drama, scares, gruesome effects, a storyline. It's just a movie. It's a pure movie movie in a good old classic horror movie kind of sense, and I thought it was quite good. As I said, very loose scale we're working on here, and I can't really give this movie fewer stars than what I gave No One Will Save You. So it is going to get a four, a strong, real four out of five stars. Definite recommend for Day of the Dead, George A. Romero's Day of the Dead. Moving on to movie number four here, Hellraiser 2022. And the biggest downside of this movie is the storyline. It is quite generic, but much like the last movie of this episode, uh, you know, number five here, the generic storyline does fit the theme of the movie, despite, once again, being super generic. You have a rich guy, an ancient artifact, a young, just-out-of-rehab, ex-pill-popping woman who has 
some pent-up emotional trauma going on with a family member of hers who's just trying to help out. And, of course, you have these demons. Um, what do they call them? Cenobites. This woman, the main protagonist of the movie, of course, the pill-popping girl, uh, is played by Odessa A. Zion. I think that's how it's pronounced. Who puts together a really great performance for her role. All in all, the acting in the entirety of this movie is quite good, uh, especially hers, and so are all the other pillars of filmmaking outside of the script. The script is the weakest part in this movie. Out of all of those things that work to bring a movie together, what stood out to me the most, though, even more than Odessa's performance, is the design of the Cenobites, a.k.a. these demon-like beings from another dimension, uh, based on everything especially the title hellraiser i assume that that dimension is hell they look absolutely amazing and they're absolutely terrifying on their own it would have been nice if the cenobites got a little more action although they were very visually compelling they were rarely scary because they were kind of didn't seem like much of a threat overall through much of the film i felt like uh I could have probably taken them on and survived myself, and I don't think I should feel like that against a group of demons. What I enjoyed about the uh, weak and ultra-straightforward script of this movie, however, was that I have never seen the OG Hellraiser films, and so this movie didn't just dump me into previous lore that I wasn't unfamiliar with and let me kind of figure it out. The movie introduced me to that lore in full. It... I did not need to know anything coming into the movie. It kind of loudly, very clearly explained what the lore is here for the movie. So ultimately, it's an unoriginal film with really cool effects and strictly fits into the horror genre. If you're just looking for a good old horror movie, kind of a popcorn horror flick to turn the lights off to and watch, I give it three out of five stars. Pretty solid movie. And last up was Slaughter House from 2023, newer movie, just came out very recently. And uh, this movie follows a girl who is uh, running for a sorority president, and she adopts an adorable sloth in order to help her gain clout, or her clout chasingness, which should help her uh, with running for president for whatever reason for the sorority. And, well, the sloth has some murderous intentions and a lot of anxiety it is a PG-13 movie, and that helps it in some ways, and it hurts it in other ways. But keep that in mind if you decide to turn this movie on. It appears to be geared towards a younger audience. As, you know, a young sorority chick, clout chasing. Obviously, it's not geared towards maybe somebody of my age even. But I don't think that's uh, in a bad way. It, it is just what it is. That's the, that's the world that us old folks live in. It's time for the teenagers of the new generation to get their own movies. And I think that I think a lot of them will probably enjoy this one. It's a comedy horror movie, and I think that the funniest scene might be in the trailer. So if you have not heard of this, have not seen the trailer yet, I think that uh, it's best to just not watch that. It is a, it's, it's a good, it's I think the first good kill scene of the movie. So I would recommend, and, and it's funny too, if you think about it, so I would recommend just jumping into the movie without checking out the trailer and trusting my light recommendation here on the movie. It's not really scary if that's what you're looking for. It's not particularly funny either, at least not in the sense that you're going to be laughing out loud too many times. 
but a light chuckle should come through here and there. You might kind of side-eye or giggle at some of the characters. And all in all, this movie knows what it is, and it wisely sticks within that realm. There are a lot of oddities to the movie. There are a lot of plot holes. And I, and I think that maybe some of that is done for purposes of comedy. Maybe. It's an absurd movie. Don't overthink it. It's a guilt-free thriller that softly entertains, and I think is worth a watch just for the cute murderous sloth. Nothing else. It's a great villain. It's not objectively a good movie, but subjectively, there is absolutely nothing terrible about it. Audiences also have enjoyed the movie so far. I give it a number three out of five stars. Solid flick, totally different than Hellraiser in in uh, theme and everything. But yeah, that is uh, the movie. So I hope you can uh, pick one or two of these and enjoy them for the holiday season. Thank you very much for tuning on in. Take care. Enjoy your Halloween. Peace out.